Welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith, and thank you for listening. David is once again not here, but for different reasons. What a slacker. I know. Uh, you don't have to tell me. Uh, last week, uh, he was out because he had no interest in talking about the Oscars, but apparently had a great deal of interest in texting about the Oscars, uh, me, um, just all night long. <laughs> just, he was so angry. Um, and this time around, um, he has gotten his his second COVID shot and it's... Uh, uh, it is uh, having an adverse effect on him. So he's uh, he's sitting this one out, hopefully getting some rest. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, happy birthday to our own Scott and I, who is here. How old are you, Scott? 35. 35. How does it feel? Fantastic. All Very right. You're, life. you're halfway there. I've got some I've got some uh, plans. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then uh, our, I forget what, what is our... Scott is our uh, editor at large. Julie, do we have a title for you? I forget. I feel like David has one and I don't remember what it is. I mean, I feel like I pitched first lady and it didn't land. So I'm still open. We can, Okay. You know, there's no official title yet. How about wife at large? <laughs> sounds that like sounds, I left you. That's exactly. Where'd she go? Oh, she's at large. Uh, you know, or she's, you know, she's reporting from this place and that place, uh, telling these delightful human interest stories. Damn. Um, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. Indeed. Uh, but yes, Julie Sesnovich is here as well. So thank you guys so much for, for being here. Um, and uh, real quick, what did you what did you think of this year's uh, Oscars? I know we already devoted an entire episode to it, but I'm, I'm curious. Most people kind of, are, uh, are thumbs down. I kind of enjoyed it. I liked okay. uh, that it was very speech heavy. I agree it could have used like more jokes and like some bits. Yeah. Um, but I was glad to see the musical performances go. I was glad to see like random clip rolls go. Definitely need more clips of the movies that were nominated. Yes. But yeah. we didn't need like 10,000 montages about like the magic of the movies. See, I, in, in the same vein, so they got rid of the magic, the montages about the magic of the movies. That's tongue twister. But instead, they just had the presenters explain the magic of the movies through the stories of the nominees and I was I was trying to figure out why I thought that was weird and then I was like oh the presenters are saying the things that the winners should be saying like sure. the winners should be getting on stage and be like I fell in love with film at age five because I watched it and it's like that feels weird in someone else's mouth yeah I suppose that was I, my thing yeah uh I mean obviously I I said all this already but yeah it's definitely they they told and didn't really show and I'm not necessarily opposed to those montages that are about the magic of the movies because hypothetically the night is supposed to be like uh, a celebration of movies in general. But it's like if you're not going to say if you're not going to celebrate the movies that are actually nominated, then, yes, don't do this other thing either. Because, uh, yeah, I, I would like I would have liked to have seen clips of the performances, clips of uh, or, or images from like production design, costume, that sort of thing. Um, and I think David uh, had texted me and he said that if you were somebody watching this and you weren't familiar with these movies, you weren't going to come away wanting to see them. Whereas if you see a clip of a performance, you might be like, oh, that looks pretty interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, when I first started watching the Oscars, like before I was old enough to see the movies that were actually nominated, I was just like entranced by Eclipse and like, there's this whole world out there. But like, yeah, get none of that. I also thought like the um, geography was strange because by putting the presenters like, amongst everyone no one ever knew where to look 
And it was like, people yeah. were like twisting their necks, like in the exorcist to try to look in the right direction. And it was never the right direction. Um, I, and I, I hope those camera people were well paid because oh, yeah. man, they got to work out uh, oh, yeah. that night. But uh, anyway, but you know what? The, the Oscars are about looking backwards today. We're looking forwards. Yeah. Julie, what are we doing today? We are doing a summer movie preview. Um, this is, I believe, the third kind of quarantine-flavored preview we've done. But the first that we have, like, hope of seeing these movies in a theater. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. So it's like, it's coming out of it. There's still sort of an asterisk on some of these. Some of these have been moved enough times that the studios are just like, this is it. We're done. This is happening. Yeah. Um, so that's something to look forward to. I mean, there's also ones that are on streaming, so those should be easy to catch no matter what. Um, but yeah, there's actual blockbusters again. Um, it's still not maybe a standard kind of movie summer, but we're there's a lot of stuff out there and we're gonna get into it. We sure are. Uh, okay, oh yes, let's get into it, shall we? I, uh, were, you setting, were you setting us up or did you just happen to say that phrase? It was deliberate, let's go with that. Absolutely, yes, yeah. I do appreciate that. Uh, okay, so what do we got? So we're starting with early May, which yeah. already just instinctively for me, as listeners are are aware, um, we've got four seasons, we've got 12 months. All right? So I've heard. We don't, we don't have to compliment this. Uh, sorry, uh, complicate this. Oh, we can compliment it, but uh, we don't have to complicate it. Summer for me starts in June, June, July, uh, August. There you go. There's your summer. And then September, October, November, there's your fall. It's I know that it's just me, but, and David makes fun of me for it, but it's like, this is, look, I'm sure that uh, there's a reason that uh, summer starts officially a certain day or fall starts officially a certain day, but you know what? We're the ones making the, we're the ones making the rules here. Let's just declare it. It's one of the things that I would declare if I were elected president, it's a okay. bit, it'll be a big part of my campaign. I do agree with you, but the the movie season has all, it's, uh, it's always been staring in May. Like by August, yeah. it's like summer movie season anymore. Yeah, this is yeah. interesting. It's like there's summer, summer, and there's movie summer, yeah. and they're different. That's true. Does and increasingly, it feels like with with some exceptions here and there, it feels like August isn't really that big. I'm not saying let's cut out August in our in our discussion today, but it increasingly increasingly it doesn't feel like August is part of movie summer. Like yeah, for that's. Sure. It's really when things are like winding down and you might get like a random born movie or something like that. But compared to May, June, July, it really feels like sort of a shrug. It's it's like the last gasp of the summer season. Well, it feels like the hangover of it. It's like you know, yeah. all the weird things that just kind of got shat out at the end of the season. But I will say, like, I think <laughs> we think of these months as very like fixed, immutable things. But yeah. I think they kind of gradually morph over time. Like February has had like a weirdly steady ascendance over the past few years because you have yeah. something like Get Out in February, you have Black Panther in February, and suddenly everyone's like, February can be a thing. So it's like, I, I agree about August right now, but I think it, it's always morphing. And if anything's going to morph, it'd be this year. For sure. So let's go ahead. <clears throat> what? On May 7th, that's of interest. I see a lot of titles. Yes. Um, so I tried to kind of put the more possibly ones more of interest toward the top. All right. Um, oh, fun. A movie directed and written by Billy Crystal called Here Today. It's yeah. a buddy comedy with him and who's that? Tiffany Haddish. Um, this feels like 
Remember that TV show Billy Crystal did with Josh Gad? Yeah. Yeah. It feels like Billy Crystal is again just trying to glom on to whoever like has a little bit of heat. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I feel so bad because there was a time, admittedly, it was a while ago now, when like Billy Crystal was, for lack of a better term, a draw, like uh, yeah. a very reliable. Uh, presence on screen and just in in larger culture and just as time has gone on i think like he has uh embraced a certain time a certain type of sentimentality and nostalgia that maybe we all do when we get to be a certain age but uh it's he's definitely become a lot less essential and if and it does it does have that feeling of like oh josh gad tiffany haddish like haddish he is uh it's like he's he's borrowing somebody else's essentialness yeah. Yeah. Uh, of the moment uh in order to make himself a little bit more relevant um and the fact that he wrote and directed it is for me is like you could you know you could have the the cast of uh it's a mad 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 world in this thing and i don't think i would i would probably like it but you never know yeah it did it seemed of note that's, sure. that's yeah. what i'm gonna say about that it's definitely that yes yes um, we also have a movie by a Coppola. It is not Francis Ford. It is not Eleanor. It is not Sophia, but it is Gia. Um, which one is which one is that? I don't I don't Gia remember the directed Palo Alto, which was like eight oh, years right. ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. That movie rocked. Apparently yes. this movie is very bad. Yeah. So this one is called Mainstream and it stars um Maya Hawk, uh Nat Wolf, and Andrew Garfield. Also Johnny Knoxville and Jason Schwartzman. Why not? Um Schwartzman's in the family, it makes yeah, sense. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, this has played festivals to a mixed reception. It's about social media influencers, which is always like, if they're making something that's very of the moment like that, it's very hard to land, to stick the landing, you yeah. know? Um, but, you know, like I said, I liked Palo Alto. Yeah, I love Palo Alto, so um, I still want to see it. It's just, the buzz is very negative. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, great cast. Um, so who can say? Um, yeah, look, looking at the movie. looking at the description, it says like, blah blah blah, and then it says until the dark side of viral celebrity threatens to ruin them yeah. both. I'm like, oh boy, here we I go. I don't yeah. think there's any dark side of viral celebrity. They're just <laughs> these movies. Yeah. So that it just yeah. feels potentially preachy. Judge, judge what you will. Um, you also have, and this is there's a lot here that you kind of are seeing kind of the ripple effects of the pandemic in the release pattern, because we also have a movie that screened at Sundance in 2018 <laughs> under a different title. Sure. Um, so it was previously called All Rise. It's now called Monster, um, being released by Netflix. Um, it has Kelvin Harrison Jr., Jennifer Ely, Tim Blake Nelson, and Nas, John David Washington as well. Um, interesting cast. Um, it's about fight against the legal system. Um, I don't know, it's on Netflix, can't hurt. Why not? Why not? Um, also it's, on that, okay. Oh, never mind. It's, 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 it's a title thing where it's like, I recognize that the Charlize Theron monster at this point is oh, yeah. close to 20 years old, but it's, it was a well-known movie at the time and an Oscar winning movie. Like, is it, uh, it's not, it's, to me, it's not like David Cronenberg's crash. You know what I mean? Where a certain number of people know that, but it's not necessarily a mainstream thing. Monster it was at least a little bit better known. And uh, I guess when you've got, 
when you decide to go something like a generic uh, with a generic title like monster whether it be the older movie or this one it's like just gonna get taken again what do you think is the is the expiration date for or, or whatever you want to say the statute of limitations whatever you want to call it i yeah. weirdly get more angry at movies that are very close in title to other movies like when old joy came out a little bit after old boy i was like <laughs> what the hell we just did this <laughs> I will That's say true. though, now that I think about it, so obviously Monsters title of a movie, but the previous title is All Rise, which I'm pretty sure a TV show by that title just came out. So they mm. might have been um, trying to outrun the more recent TV show. And the TV show chose the name of a popular movie. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, also will, on that- Oh, go ahead. Oh, that's oh. right. You're in charge. I apologize. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was going to move into, I think I, ju- I feel like I just saw a trailer for The Waterman, yeah. uh, directed by Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> <laughs> Long last. He's all grown he up. Become man. Uh, and played by David Oyelowo. Um, now it's about time. Uh, and yeah, and he directed and that, that yeah. intrigues me. It um, is his directorial debut. Yeah. The, the trailer looked interesting. Um, yeah, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it's it looks uh, ambitious. You have the words mythic figure, immortality, yeah. mysterious local girl, wild yeah. horse forest. <laughs> um, you also have Rosario Dawson, Alfred Molina, Maria Bello. Some good names yeah. in there. It's nice to see Maria Bello. I know that she works consistently, but I feel like I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah. Where have you been? Um, um, well, she came out and then kind of, I don't know if that's caused a negative reaction. Came out and went away. I, don't I, think I, I saw her today. She's producing, she's doing a lot of like producing. <laughs> like just down the street? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we hung out. No, um, I think she's done a lot of producing actually. Okay. So she's out there. I feel like I feel like coming out is not necessarily like the career and you know, it's not no. like she, uh, you know, had a had a popular show on, uh, let's say, uh, like ABC Family or something like that. Not that that sure. would necessarily be a, uh, a career killer either. But uh, yeah, maybe she was just pivoting to, to producing. But I've always liked her. Yeah. And uh, it'd be nice to see her again. No, you're right. And it's not like the career killer it once was. I just mean there's more of a trend now of when people come out, they kind of sometimes like reorganize their priorities, kind of sure. shift where their career is, just take a beat. So who knows? Yeah. But we stand. We wish her the best. Um, there's, I don't know if there's anything else I specifically wanted to call out in this date. All right. Um, but I will call out that there's two movies coming out. One is called Paper Tigers and one is called Paper Spiders. They're See? both coming out. I don't like it. I'm missing neither of them May for that reason. <laughs> um, so, uh, and just real quick. So some of the Netflix titles come out on like not Fridays. So sometimes oh, sure. be a weird one-off day. Um, and one of those I want to call out is on May 12th, there's a movie called Oxygen coming out. So okay. if you recall the movie Buried with Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Um, imagine that, but it's a woman with amnesia, possibly in space. And starring Melanie the Rock. Mm-hmm. And oh, all right. Almerick, both of whom, big draws. Okay. Yeah. Suck I believe. Um, maybe it's not in space, maybe think of something else, but it's in a medical cryo unit. She has no memory and she's running out of oxygen. Um, it's directed by Alexandre Alja, who I think has done a lot of like genre stuff. Wasn't he, uh, crawl? the croc? Yeah, Crawl. Yeah. Yeah, that movie rocked. Um, and was that, uh, was that, oh, that's right. Yes. And then, uh, High Tension, I think was him, right? Perhaps. Could be. I think so. Um, I might be wrong. But yeah, that's on Netflix. Seems like okay. it would be a good time. Um, 
so that's a, a one-off date. And then the next major data after that is May 14th. Um, probably the biggest marquee title that day is, this is the full title, Spiral, colon, from the Book of Saw. So this is a Saw movie with an excessively biblical title. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, of note, it is that it stars and, um, yeah, it stars Chris Rock. Yeah. Didn't um, he, like, write it, too? I think he has, like, he's a story credit. Okay. So very think, strange. Yeah. I'm, I, to, that intrigues me more than anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He came to the producers with an idea because I don't think the franchise was super active and he just showed up and was like, Hey, can I make the Saw movie? And they're like, yeah, all right. Um, so yeah, it's, they're kind of, I don't know if it's a Saw universe. I don't know what we're calling it, but I think it's kind of branching out in different directions. And Sienna Jackson's there for some reason. I have uh, never seen a Saw movie, and yet this right, looks good no to me. <laughs> and I mean, now's the time to get on board. I guess so, yeah. Uh, I see that, okay, so, I mean, the woman in the window, I assume that was pushed back, right? Because I saw yeah. trailers for it So that forever has ago. an interesting story as well. Um, so that was originally a Fox movie. Okay. This is directed by Joe Wright. It's an adaptation of a book, so it was directed... Is, yeah, directed by Joe Wright, started as a Fox movie. They showed it to preview audiences. They hated it. They did a bunch of reshoots. They completely recut it. Audiences still hated it. They sold it to Netflix. It got bumped a bunch. Now it's coming out. So I am very curious about what the heck is going on here because it also stars um, Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, Anthony Mackie, um, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah, Wyatt Russell is in there. It's yeah. And I recognize that the the point of a trailer is to make something look good, but it looked really good to me, and I, oh, yeah. I was excited. And written for by it. Tracy Letts as well. Oh yeah, that's and, that's a step in the right direction. And Jennifer Jason Lee plays a woman named Jane Russell, which seems like. Bad character naming, but what are you going to do? <laughs> no, I uh, I completely stand Joe Wright at all times. I'm here 100% for him. I saw Pan. I'll put up with anything for him. Um, so I'm excited. Well, you saw, I saw Pan as well. What did you think of Pan? Well, Pan's not good. I'm just sure. saying like <laughs> hope springs eternal for me and Joe Wright. Absolutely, yes. Um, so yeah, that's on Netflix. Again, easy so many, to catch at home. So many weird choices in that movie, but we have to move on. Uh, <laughs> What, so Taylor Sheridan has uh, a movie called Those Who Wish Me Dead, which I only just found out about. And I feel like I haven't seen Angelina Jolie in quite a while. Yeah, no. she hasn't. Aside from the Maleficent movies, her only right. role in the past 10 years was in By the Sea. Or Come Away? Has that come out yet? I don't know what that is. Then I don't think it's come out yet. Okay. Um, it, it, it played festivals, so it's out there. But okay. yeah, she hasn't been on screen a long time. It's got um, Nicholas Holt, who's uh, increasingly a draw for me. Yeah. And Tyler Perry. Hell, Angelina Jolie is a draw for me. Uh, I oh, sure. I do not care for Taylor Sheridan, but I'm so excited for this movie yeah. for her. She plays a firefighter, which is interesting casting. Yeah. Um, but sure, why not? Um, there's also on that date, this is May 14th still, um, a movie called Above Suspicion, which is a new Philip Noyce joint. Yeah. Um, Super random anecdote about Philip Noyce I feel compelled to share. Um, okay. So okay. for my job, I have to like call a lot of production companies and ask about projects and development. So I called his production company, someone who's not him picked up. I asked my question. She's like, uh, hang on. And then I suddenly heard, hello, this is Philip. And I was like, oh, oh, hello. So then I was like on the phone with Philip Noyce and I asked my question and he answered and then unprompted gave me his cell phone number in case I had further questions. So, hmm. um, I don't know, seems like a chill guy. I might have a couple questions, so maybe <laughs> yeah. you could forward that on to Listen, me. if you didn't understand the Adjustment Bureau, I can, I can hook you up. 
I just uh, I just watched uh, uh, Deadcom uh, again. I, I had seen it in high school and and uh, but I rewatched it and uh, liked it a lot more this time than I did then. And I'm a big fan of the Quiet Americans, so uh, that Philip Noyce. Okay, well, I and will give you his personal phone number. I do appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you. Yes, yes. That'd be great. I'm sure um, he'll understand. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, has Amelia Clark, Jack Houston. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing the words Kentucky coal mining town, newly minted FBI agents. Um, I'm almost positive that the extremely British Amelia Clark is probably playing this <laughs> downtrodden Kentucky woman, but that's just Hollywood folks. That's just how we do things around. Here. Yeah. I just, I just watched a movie called Hillbilly, not Hillbilly, not Hillbilly Elegy, which is way too many L's, uh, but a documentary called Hillbilly. I just watched that and it, it is about among other things like, coal miners and coal mining in uh, Kentucky. And so, yeah. And the people that they interview and stuff, yeah, they, they look like Amelia Clark. So I think sure. I, I have, uh, I have faith in it. Yeah. Um, also on that date, you have Riders of Justice, which is a Mads Mikkelsen dark comedy. Um, I believe it is a Danish film, um, but it is uh, coming out through Magnet Releasing, which is Magnolia's genre arm. So I've heard, heard good things. Um, and then also on that date, you have The Perfect Candidate, which has made the festival rounds. It's about a woman running for office in, I believe, Dubai, which mm. as you can imagine is a bit of an uphill battle. Um, it's not a documentary, it's a scripted film, but it's by, ooh, I will bo completely botch this pronunciation, Haifa Al-Mansur. Ooh. That's how I'd say it, yeah. Um, but yeah, she's done some other stuff that have played festivals, so um, yes. Go for it, scroll. Um, yeah, if there's anything, there's else. a new Timur Berkman movie. <laughs> oh boy, I didn't know he was still doing things. I think it's Bekmambetov. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds better. Uh, where do I know him from? Because I saw that name and I was like, that's a name I know. Isn't he the uh, guy who did like Wanted? So there's okay, there's two guys, <sighs> okay, and they have yeah. very similar names. Ah, shoot. There's like a Timur something of and a Timur something else of. Um, okay. and I always get them confused. Those damn Russians. <laughs> I don't know if he's I'm Russian. looking him up. Okay. Okay. No, this is the right guy. Okay. This is Wanted Man. What? He's not a Wanted Man, to be clear. He is not the even, director of Wanted. He's not even a most wanted man. He's not. He's the director of Wanted. Oh, and he directed the 2016 Ben Hur. Oh, right. And Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter and Night Watch and Day Watch. Okay. That's where I've heard his name. I haven't seen yeah. any of those, but I've heard his I name. Saw wanted. How was it? It's pretty tight. Okay. They do this thing where they keep shooting people over like miles and miles and miles and the bullets like go through donut holes and it's like, look at this guy's aim. He shot a bullet through a donut hole. So if you're into like uh panic room on speed or something, wanted is very much. Uh... Do they, uh, now it seems to me that if, cause I had heard all about like bending the bullet to, or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. Um, and it seems to me that if that's your premise or not, full premise but if that's a big part of it you should incorporate even just as as like a passing joke you should incorporate the the kennedy assassination into it because the whole magic bullet thing right. suddenly it's like oh well lee harvey oswald was able to do this and so it's like oh fun well not fun obviously yeah the, uh and then then uh, but who's the last bullet bender um okay uh we can um, move on i'm sorry yeah. no no all good um also on the state so this is a movie that I don't know a ton about people involved, but I'm mostly excited about the distributor. Um, it's called The Killing of Two Lovers. 
It seems like a very low budget indie relationship drama, but it's released by Neon, which I'm only shouting out because they seem to have very good taste and them acquiring anything makes my ears kind of perk up. Um, so got a, got a movie from Neon on that day. Yeah, um, I got a, I got a uh, screening link about that and uh, I was unable to, uh, to take it, but it sounded very interesting to me and pretty um, intense as well. Yeah. I guess that goes without saying. Okay. If there's anything anyone else wants to shout out on that date, we'll move on. So on May 21st, um, the big release is Army of the Dead, which is a new Zack Snyder joint. Um, it is a zombie heist movie. Um, to be clear, the zombies are not committing the heist. <laughs> um, it is they're trying to do a heist in an area filled with zombies. Um, this is a Netflix movie with a huge budget, um, stars Dave Bautista. Um, I don't know, it could be fun. I'm well, like, the premise sounds fun. The idea of characters living, just they've lived long enough in a, a zombie world to be like, okay, there's still money to be made. And so <laughs> let's go do this. The premise sounds like a lot of fun, but as is often the case for me, Zack Snyder directed it. And I, I'm sure that's going to make everything a lot dumber. Um, probably interesting as always interesting, but just very, very dumb. Yeah, I've definitely liked fewer Zack Snyder movies than I have liked, but for some reason, every time he comes up with a new movie, you I'm like- dislike I lost track of the Yeah, negatives. I dislike more than I've enjoyed. Yeah. Yes. Um, but uh, every time he comes up with a new movie, I'm always I'm always intrigued and interested. He's just got such an eye for uh, composition, staging, set pieces yeah. and stuff. And did I mention that this heist is in a Las Vegas casino that is overrun by zombies? <laughs> Uh, you didn't mention it, but I saw it in the description here, and that makes it more interesting to me. Uh, yeah, I might, I might prioritize this one, and then immediately kick myself for ignoring everything I've ever thought about Zack Snyder. I will also say an interesting casting note is that it originally had extremely now disgraced comedian Chris Delia in it, um, and then he got me tooed real bad. Oh um, right, <laughs> a lot of very disturbing claims. So they replaced him with Tignataro. Which is such an upgrade. Which is an incredible upgrade. And I was like, okay, why stop here? Like, let's make Tignataro the official replacement for all disgraced men. Like- Yeah, now that Christopher Plummer's gone. Twitter loved it. Like, yeah, exactly. What I want to know is how malleable is this character uh, <laughs> that you, right. can have, you can cast Crystalia and then it's like, Oh, I know. Maybe some, maybe another comedian who couldn't be further tonally from Crystalia. Well, well the, what an upgrade! The weirdest thing is they apparently completely replaced her with CGI, so they just like picked out Crystalia and plugged in Tignataro. So the other characters, wow. they must have had to loop them in some way or like change where their eyes are looking. It's just, it's endlessly fascinating to me. Wow. Um, but yeah, that's just my humble plea that Tignataro replace all disgraced men. Anyway. Um, also on the state, this is May 21st, you have a movie called Dream Horse, which is a apparently heartwarming story of a bunch of people in a Welsh town who band together to buy a racehorse. Um, it has Tony Collette and Damien Lewis. Um, that works for me. All of our dreams. Um, and guys, you're never going to believe this. The horse is really good. It turns out to be a really good horse. Man, it better. Oh, okay. One might even say a dream horse. I'm not going to go see a movie about a lame horse or That's even true. a war horse, no. but a dream horse. <laughs> what about a horse you can lean on? Is oh, that God, an option? Yeah. 
I mean, okay. we all need someone to lean on. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that somewhere. I don't remember. Uh, uh, this is dumb. Okay. Uh, what's next? Um, well, also on that date, you have New Order, which is the new Michelle Franco movie. That David and I saw at AFI Fest. Neither yeah. of us oh, were okay. really into, but it is like, it's like 80 minutes long and it's really well directed and has a lot of good set pieces. So if you're in for, you know, kind of baseline pleasures, it kind of delivers on those. Okay. Yes, this is a, I would say rather controversial festival kind of circuit direct, not controversial because he's like outlandish, just see, people run very hot and cold. Yeah, on, I mean, it's just, it's lamely confrontational. It's about like this uprising of poor people, like taking rich people hostage and stuff. And it really like, it could go a lot further with that premise. And it just kind of goes to like the kind of baseline depraved ends you would expect from that. And not like kind of digging underneath kind of motivations or anything. It's just like, here's people get raped. And you're like, eh, not, not that interesting. It's a weird line of dialogue, I gotta say. Yeah. Uh, just some characters walk into a room like, oh, here's some people getting raped. You know what? <laughs> Uh, good luck with all that, they say, and then they back out of the room. That's the attitude of the movie, to be honest. <laughs> uh, um, also, this, on that, this pink documentary looks kind of interesting to me. Yeah, and this, to be clear, is about the singer, not the color. Um, but it's oh, kind out. of like a behind the scenes. It's called Pink All I Know So Far. What if it were about everything we know about the color pink? <laughs> or just a list of everything that's pink. And yeah. it's like, this is just so far, this guys. This is all we got. This is all we got. Um, we got this Panther. We've got Floyd. <laughs> oh boy, I don't know what else. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like a behind the scenes on tour, life of a musician style thing. So, yeah. you know, I assume for fans, it's probably a good time. Um, also on this date, you have a movie called Sound of Violence, which is confusing um, because it is not the recently minted Oscar winner Sound of Metal, but it is about a deaf woman. Sounds um, like we're skipping it. Title's too similar. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a bit different because she um, recovered her hearing and gained synesthetic abilities after witnessing the brutal murder of her family. So now she seeks out the sounds of gruesome violence to feel solace. That oh. exact thing happened to a friend of mine. Oh my God, such a small world. Um, maybe it's about your friend. Could be. Um, that sounds kind of great actually. <laughs> It's really pulpy, but it sounds fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so she starts composing very disturbing music um, and experimenting on human flesh. So yeah, it's it's a genre ride for sure. Um, and then... Something called Drunk Bus. Uh, yeah, I was looking at that. That, uh, that struck me as interesting. It's a comedy. Uh, in 2006, interesting choice of years, why not? <laughs> a directionless young campus bus driver and a charismatic Samoan. All right, so already we're, we've got some fun uh, fear and loathing stuff. Punk rock security guard named Pineapple form an unlikely kinship as they navigate the unpredictable late shift debacle known as the drunk bus. All right. Yeah, I will say I've noticed this trend in like period pieces that are from like 10 years ago. And I'm like, oh, it's because all these filmmakers in their 30s yeah, are making movies yes. about their youth and they can't just move it up 10 years because then everyone would have phones and it wouldn't work anymore. Right, yes, um, yes. So they, I assume it's that. They they only know how to text like using the numbers where you had to like punch right. the letters. They're like, it's fast texting. My story would not work for this. Exactly. Yes. Um, oh yeah, there's a movie, uh, Spring Blossom coming out. It's a French movie. Uh, it was written and directed by a 20 year old girl or I guess woman, 
she's grown. Um, it's really good though. Uh, it's kind of just like a slice of life story. She plays a high schooler uh, who kind of meets an older actor and they develop a sort of kind of almost romance thing. It's like 70 minutes long and very sweet. Um, forgot that was coming out this year. The database never forgets. The database never forgets. Um, yeah, you also have a movie called The Retreat, um, which is about a lesbian couple taking a vacation and being hunted down by serial killers. Um, which oh, is uh, plural. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, which is weird because I saw that and I'm like, oh, wait, is this the movie I'm thinking of? And then I'm like, no, there was actually another movie with a very similar premise, which is cool for LGBTQ representation, honestly, that we're getting to a place where that is not sure. the focal point of the story. Like sure. it doesn't have to be in its infiltrating genre in these ways where it's just very matter of fact. And I think that's cool. So just shouting that out. Um, I think- it is, it is, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. It is this idea, it's like, hey, you know, uh, lesbians can be targeted by serial killers just like anybody else. Goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what people said about what was it uh love simon where it's like hey we've got a, a, a completely middle of the road uh uh teenage romance yeah. and uh uh the 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 gay uh, one for the gay crowd all the but th that anyone can watch they get their their run-of-the-mill mediocre Absolutely. Eh, it's not mediocre it's pretty good i didn't mind it but it could be better sure uh okay moving on on the 27th, you have a movie called Blue Miracle in which Dennis Quaid plays a guy named Wade and Bruce McGill plays a guy named Wayne. How are you gonna tell that <laughs> movie? People are gonna be like, Wayne, Wade, Wayne, Wade. I am enjoying um, this new thing of yours because I don't think I knew how much you get angry at similar sounding things. But like, especially in a movie, you're not seeing those names written out. You're just kind of hearing like the vague syllables. Okay, but- my, my first thought was, is this based on a true story? It apparently is. Yep. Uh, but yes, you can still change. Names. You can still change the, the names. Well, maybe one of them goes by a nickname or a last name. God, sure. So. Um, you are glossing over the wild synopsis, which is about it's about a group of orphans entering a fishing contest to save their orphanage. A marlin story, fishing folks. contest. Yes. Does Does Dennis Quaid just like throw darts at scripts that he gets? <laughs> Because I, I figured like this was between the title Blue Miracle and it's starring Dennis Quaid. I was like, oh, it's another Christian movie of his. But no, it's a Marlin fishing contest. Okay, I wouldn't rule out that the possibility that it's Christianity adjacent though. It could be, that yes. Is, like totally thing could that's be. kind of happening in movies now, which Tyler, I'm sure you know all about. Yes. But just, it's like not super explicit. They just kind of like marked that audience and it's kind of like, we know we're all talking sure. about Jesus, right? And there, there are certain actors, Dennis Quaid being one of them, that his, if he is in something, I think at this point you are right to assume that there's something, yeah. some element in there. Uh, but uh, it's not necessarily a guarantee, but it's a pretty good indicator. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I assume that this one has some element uh, in there as well. Um, Quiet Place Part Two. Yeah, I remember seeing that trailer a year and a half ago. Oh, <laughs> I know. So and then there was May a billboard. Allegedly. There was a billboard perpetually along like the 101 South uh, for the last year and a half saying like, it's coming out this day. And it's like, oh, that, they that even makes me sad. They even screened critics now. last February. And so there's people just sitting on the reviews. They really? wrote oh a year and a half God. ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 
did you guys like the first uh, Quiet Place? I didn't see it. I don't see scary things. She doesn't see any scary things. And for me, like very much like that kind of quiet tension is a tough sit. It is, I'll say this, because I, I went in sort of with a, with a similar sensibility. It's like, this is going to be very stressful. Um, it's, it's much more uh, palatable and a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Okay. You know, uh, so I do, th- like, they, they make some choices that, uh, that, I'm, that I was frustrated by. Like, the fact that they have a score oh, seemed, sure. like a, seemed like a bad choice. Uh, the score is fine. It's it's effective, but I was like, oh no no, just embrace silence. Then I remembered like, no, this is a big you know, there's a big mainstream studio release. They probably wanted there to be music, um, but yeah, it's definitely worth it's definitely worth a watch. There's some good acting, some good sequences, um, and it is not as scary or suspenseful as I thought it was going to be compared to something like, for example, uh, The Invisible Man, which is like as far as stressful horror okay. movies like that one is is like the top for me and compared to that like the first quiet place is nothing huh. and the and the uh yeah and the trailer for the second one looks pretty interesting but part of me is just like i don't feel like they needed to make another one but i guess sure. i understand why they did yeah i from my understanding of what happens in the first one it doesn't seem like they anticipated the possibility of a second sure correct um yes. so who knows what plot gymnastics they're going through, but they did add Killian Murphy and Dijamon Honsu. Yeah. That's something. Um, so yeah, this they've pushed this release over and over and over. So I think it's really gonna come out this time. Who can say, guys? Who can yeah. say? Um, Maybe it'll be like the, the day the clown cried. They just keep, <laughs> they, they just throw it in the vault and Yeah, and until there you John go. Krasinski disowns it and refuses <laughs> to release it. And then like 20 years after John Krasinski's death. Yeah, we can, we can finally, finally see, it. see it. Yeah, Harry Shearer has it for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so also on this day, this is uh, May 28th, is Cruella, a movie right. whose fundamental existence I do not understand. <laughs> Um, because it's like a prequel and they made her a girl boss in like 1970s punk London. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, listen, I get the whole villain spinoff. I get the whole villain origin story. They did it with Maleficent. They've done it with other characters. But the only thing with Corella is that she wants a fur coat. That's it. Like yeah. even in the movie where she is supposed to be at her most evil, her most evolved, she just wants a coat. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, but there's, she, undoubtedly, like, the design of the character and just in the the voice of the character, she is genuinely iconic. Oh, and to me, that's, that's one of the things that makes her particularly uh, evil, is that she is willing to go to this length for something as petty <laughs> as just a, a coat, a, a Dalmatian skin coat. Um, and... I don't think it necessarily warrants a uh, an entire prequel. How did she get here? It's like she's a little shallow. We don't, you know, we don't need a whole movie of that. But, uh, but I'm intrigued by it. Uh, just I saw a trailer for it, and I was kind of in the middle. But uh, but I like Emma Stone, and an opportunity to watch her overact is fine with me. Yeah, clearly, I mean, Emma Stone can do anything she wants right now. So clearly, mm-hmm. if this attracted her, there may is is something in it. It's directed by Craig Gillespie, who did I, Tanya, and it also has Emma Thompson and I believe friend of the show, Paul Walter Hauser. Correct. Um, but yeah, it, it's just like, if 
if what we know of her is that she eventually works up to becoming someone who wants a coat, it's just like, <laughs> I don't understand. And also it's like, she makes sense as a villain in a movie where the protagonists are the dogs. Yeah. When you take the dogs out, it doesn't really make sense anymore. You it's like- cheering her on as she beats and kills those dogs. <laughs> Well, see, no, this in in this one, it's all about uh, baby seals, and then mm. at the and then then at the end, like a post credit scene, she's like s- sitting on a park bench and sees a Dalmatian cross the road, and she's like, oh! and then it smash cut to black. <laughs> this looks a lot easier than killing seals. <laughs> yeah, so that is on Disney's kind of like hedging here because they're putting it in theaters and on Disney Plus, so kind of hedging their bets there. Um, also in the state, you have a documentary about Moby. It is called Moby Doc, which I respect. Yeah. But yes. it's about Moby, which I don't really respect. Because <laughs> this is coming at a bad time. Because Moby like has had a rough couple years in terms of like weird stuff coming out about him. Like he's taken a lot of weird stances. It's came out. It's come out that he basically like harassed the hell out of Natalie Portman for a year. Like. He's oh, not right. like having a good moment. So the timing here is not The number great. of people who it turns out have harassed Nellie Portman. <laughs> Slowly growing list. Yeah. But you like, start wait. to wonder <laughs> if maybe she just, uh, it just brings it on herself. That's my theory. Yeah. Uh, I'm joking, of course. I love Natalie Portman. Um, I, had, I actually had not heard any of this about Moby. I'm not particularly, I wouldn't say I'm a, Mo- a Moby fan. Uh, and so I don't really follow him. And Me I did either. not know this. But like, it just kept popping up that like, I think he wrote some like weird opinion pieces. Like he's just become kind of like a contrarian weirdo. I don't know. Okay. Um, but if you're still a fan or maybe it's just like a shit show, I don't know, but. Okay. Um, so yes. Uh, Anything else here? Nah, it's yeah. a doc. Um, and then this is another weird like midweek release, but on May 30th, there's a movie called Mandibles coming out and it's directed by, apologies on the pronunciation, Quentin Dupuis? Yeah. The rubber guy. Yeah. That, that sounds like something very different. Um, but yeah, he's an absurdist French director who's like, you know, had a lot of festival hits, so seemed worth a shout out. Here um, is the uh, log line. When simple-minded friends, I'm not going to say the names because I'll get it wrong. When simple-minded friends find a giant fly trapped in the boot of a car, they decide to train it in the hope of making a ton of cash. I mean, who? All would? right. Yeah, I'm. I'm intrigued. Yeah, it's that's the, king- the thing is that his movies always sound interesting, and then I watch yeah. them, and I'm incredibly bored for the entirety of their running. Sure. Yeah. Um, so then the next major release date um, is June 4th. There is a Conjuring movie on that day. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. I keep forgetting there are like a billion of these. <laughs> there, are, there are, I've only seen the first one. I hear The Conjuring 2 is very good. Um, and uh, yeah, when I saw this, I was like, you know, these these movies are, there's a certain somberness to them. Like they are not approached with a pulpy attitude, at least the conjuring ones themselves. So that subtitle just seems so, <laughs> so bad to me. 
I, as previously stated, I do not watch horror movies. I'm way too fragile, but there is a part in one of these Conjuring movies where Patrick Wilson, who I have a huge crush on, um, plays the guitar and sings to his family. So I watched that clip on YouTube and it's great. So for all intents and purposes, as far as I'm concerned, this franchise is just about a handsome man serenading yeah. his family. <laughs> that is the extent to which I'm invested in it. He conjures up charm. I'll tell you that. He does conjure charm. Um, <laughs> anyway, highly recommend that clip. There's no jump scares. It's just very lovely. Um, also on that date is Undine, which we have seen. Saw it at New York Film Festival online last year. Yep. How was it? A Christian Petzold movie, uh, the guy who did Transit and Phoenix and other one word titles. Um, it's very good. It's uh, kind of like uh, his usual, very patient character study, but with kind of a supernatural twist. That's very intriguing. Um, Stars the same two people who starred in transit, Paula Beer and Franz Rogowski. Rogowski? Rogowski, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it has kind of, it's like kind of a mythology angle, I yeah. would say. Um, won't spoil it. I don't know if it's a spoiler. Heavens no. Um, yeah, I wasn't like as into it, but it, it has its moments. It casts a certain spell, I would say. I just dig that guy's rhythms. Okay. Okay. I'm looking um, at this movie uh, flashback, which the 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 uh, logline so sounds pretty interesting. Uh, a man begins to unravel a long hidden mystery about a missing girl, a drug called mercury, and a terrifying creature that has followed him into adulthood. That last part interests me specifically. Uh, but it's got a good cast. I like Dylan O'Brien and Emery Cohen. I really like and Keir Gilchrist and of course Micah Monroe, who I'm a big fan of. Um, so funny story about that movie. So Dylan okay. O'Brien, <laughs> I saw him tweet about it because the trailer came out. So Dylan O'Brien said. Please see this movie. I'm really proud of it. I have absolutely no idea when it comes out, <laughs> which is sure. just like, that's a real pandemic brain. I was just like, Dylan, I hear you. Nobody yeah. knows anymore. It's cool. It's cool. Um, but that just like made me laugh. Um, what else? What else? Uh, yeah. I don't think I have anything else I want to call out. Yeah. On that. I don't even see anything else in, until in the heights. The one thing that just for just because of who's in it, uh, and not even necessarily that it means I'm interested, but uh, Grace and Grit features among others Mina Savari and Nick Stahl, and uh, I feel like I haven't seen either of them in quite a while. I saw um, Mina Savari was on some other movie. I feel like she was that. in something recently. No, I think like it was like oh I can't search the doc. Oh no. Anyway, I thought she was in something else that we had on this list, but do go on. And so, and and frankly, even like Stuart Townsend, like it's just it seems like a, a, an interesting collection of of actors who were kind of for a long time sort of the the the, the hot new thing, uh, and then just sort of faded away in some cases. And and I've always liked Nick Stahl as an actor. I think he makes very interesting choices. Uh, and so seeing him in something uh, is is exciting to me. And I like Mina Savari as well. Yeah, um, I didn't but even I, know Ariel Hemingway was still acting. Yeah, it's and I and I do like Francis Fisher as well. So it's got a good cast. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Ken Wilber and his wife Treya go through a five-year spiritual journey through their falling in love and struggling to combat cancer. That doesn't interest me that much, but uh, <laughs> but the the cast absolutely does. Sure, sure. Um, I will say if. For the kids, also on June 4th, um, there is a, okay, 
So there was the movie Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, about a horse, and then a talking horse. A talking horse. And then it had a Netflix uh, series. So then there is a movie of the Netflix series that is coming out on that day. So your kids like horses. With there the voices go. of Walton Goggins and Julianne Moore, Jake Gyllenhaal. So strange. Yeah, who knows, man. Uh, June 11th? Sure. In the Heights? In the Heights. So this is another one that has got bumped repeatedly. Um, so it is an adaptation of the stage musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, has a cool cast of kind of a mix of up and comers and kind of names. Um, I saw a tweet that said the trailer makes it look like a Diet Coke commercial. And I don't disagree, but that can be fun in its own way. Yeah, I still think it looks super cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that the show won like just a truckload of Tonys. So I've never seen it myself, but seems fun. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, we're all, both of us are very into musicals. So that's like a yeah. must go. Plus it's directed by John Chu. The man knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, knows how to handle a big cast among other things. Sure. Um, Cause he did it is, rich Asians. I yeah. Think? Yeah. So, uh, uh, a trailer for this played during the Oscars, uh, along with um, uh, the Spielberg West Side Story, and Jen uh, Jen said like the the West Side Story didn't interest her very much, and frankly, I agree. It doesn't look like it really brings that much new. It's hard to, to tell. It. it was such a brief trailer. It's like sure. who knows. Uh, but when I saw the trailer for In the Heights, like frankly it seemed like so much of the imagery like kind of this the this like an urban type musical like something happening in the midst of a city uh and and again you can't judge too much based on trailers but like this one just seemed to have so much life to it yeah. uh and it just seemed so so novel and and uh and immediate and urgent and it it definitely interested interested me more than the West Side Story uh, trailer. I'll, I'll probably wind up seeing both of them, but uh, but yeah, this one definitely caught my attention more. I mean, I think they are going for different things because West Side Story, I think, is inherently tragic. Yeah. Tragic story. Um, plus it's a period piece. I mean, they made it a period piece still, sure. so it will have that kind of sense of, I guess, I don't know, propriety is the word, but might be more held back because of the time. Um, yeah. I think the, the main claim that the new West Side Story can bring is that the new thing they're bringing to the table this time around is casting people of the right race. Right, sure. right, sure. Um, although I did hear that Spielberg, he like went to Puerto Rico to kind of like interface with people there and kind of get like cultural notes. And they basically, they were not happy. They're just basically like, why are you making this movie? Like, why isn't a Puerto <laughs> right. Rican? And he's like, gotta go. <laughs> so, um, knows also Ansel Elgort got like lightly me too'd and that may resurface when it comes out again sure so who knows um but yeah in the heights thumbs up and also it's it started screening for people and they like it so okay um yeah so then also on that day on Netflix is Wish Dragon um which is an animated movie about a dragon um there's yeah there it's like Loosely based on A Thousand and One Nights, the genie in a bottle story. Um, has the voice cast of John Cho. John Cho, call me. Um, and uh, yeah, that's some for the Constance kids. Constance Wu and Jimmy O. Yang um, mm -hmm. from uh, Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley. There we go. Um, yeah, it, that, that looks interesting. Um, also on that date, you have a movie called Censor, 
um, which played a bunch of festivals. Again, not a horror movie person, but I know the genre folks were really into this one. It's British. It's about um, a woman who works as a film censor in 1980s Britain. And then things go horrible in her life because it's a horror movie. But I just know the, the genre folks are really into it. I always wonder about these movies if they're just like made for Kyle Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. pretty much out of a Kyle Anderson movie yeah, generator. Yeah, like 100%. <laughs> um, yeah. And then also on that date, there is a uh, restored and uncovered Hong Sang-soo movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I've never seen. Uh, it's like his first or second movie, I think. Second, the, I think. The Power of the Kangwon Province I've always wanted to see, so. Excited to check that out. Um, ooh, I'm kind of in this Queen Bees movie because of the cast. Ellen Burstyn, James Caan, Anne Margaret, Jane Curtin, Christopher Lloyd. Yep. In wow. Old people making jokes, making naughty jokes, and maybe having sex with each other kind of movie. Uh, well, look, as long as as uh, like a respectable older person gets high, obviously yeah. the pinnacle of comedy, uh, you know, and something that's never been done before. But yeah, that is a hell of a cast. I hope they are used well. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then skipping ahead to June 16th, you have a sequel to The Hitman's Bodyguard, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. They just had to load that thing down with possessive apostrophes. I completely forgot the Hitman's Party was a movie, let alone one that was successful enough to warrant a sequel. Well, it was it was surprisingly successful at the time. Because you know what, that might have been kind of an August surprise. Sure, sure. Like you said, it's like they put movies there that they're just not sure about, and then a lot of them do really well. And I think this was one of them. Um, So yeah, there's a sequel now. Solid cast on it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson are very entertaining people. And so are Salma Hayek and Antonio Banderas and Morgan Freeman. So, yeah. Worst ways to spend your time. Um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have a rare dramatic role for Kevin Hart. Um, on June 18th, you also have Fatherhood, um, which is based on a memoir about a guy whose wife died while giving birth and he had to raise his daughter alone. Um, so they saw this and they thought, Kevin Hart. <laughs> Um, it's directed by Paul Weitz. Um, it has Kevin Hart, Alfred Woodard, Lil Rel Howery, Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser, yeah. Um, he's, I, I don't think this is his first dramatic role because he was in The Upside, but I think that was maybe a bit more dramedy skewing. Right. Um, so yeah. And this could be as well, I think. I mean, it's officially yeah, listed sure. as drama, but like, I'm sure some zaniness happens uh, yeah. with his daughter. Well, yeah, I mean, Paul White's last movie was that movie Grandma, which I got like the worst press emails about. He must have like really negotiated to get his name out there because the, all the emails were like, don't forget to catch Paul White's grandma. Don't miss Paul White's grandma. <laughs> and it just like was really disorienting a lot of the time. Amazing. Noted auteur, Paul White's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's on Netflix. Um, also on this date is the extremely repeatedly delayed Peter Rabbit sequel, Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway. Look, you can't just throw that on streaming. The people have to see that in the theater. The fans would not allow for such degradation of the Peter Rabbit franchise. Well, what I feel bad, I feel bad because I think they tried to release it on Easter weekend twice. And got to, and they're just like, you know what? This isn't happening, guys. Yeah. So now it is a summer release. Um, it's a shame because it has like the most fantastic cast. It is just like every cool British person, but it's a Peter Rabbit. But it's all voice and talent stuff. They're some of actually, them are real people. Some of them are real people, but once you get down to even Elizabeth Debicki, she's voice, and then Margot Robbie's voice. Yeah. Like, uh, show up on camera. That's what I'm saying. 
Just what, when like with bunny ears, just hopping around? That would be <laughs> infinitely more desirable. <laughs> That's how you get cats. <laughs> um, also on June 18th, you have a Pixar movie that is going directly to Disney Plus, much to the um, consternation of the Pixar employees, but that's a story for another day. Um, so I heard this described as Call Me By Your Name meets The Shape of Water. I and was, I was like, uh, yeah. oh, that's weird. And then I read the synopsis. I was like, oh, that's literal. That's literal. It's yeah. like, it's about two boys who, I mean, it's not as sexual, one would assume. Right. But it's, Step it up, Pixar. <laughs> it's two boys who form a friendship on the Italian Riviera over one summer, and one of them is like a sea creature. <laughs> and that's not even the only Call Me By Your Name kind of pseudo ripoff that week. Because we also have Summer of 85, which yes. is oh, yeah. Ozone's kind of take on the material, which Julia and I also saw last year in some streaming festival. Loved. And which rocks. It's Loved. so great. That probably would have been my favorite movie of last year if I had counted it for last year. Oh. But because it's coming out this year, I didn't. Um, so yeah, similar setup to Call Me By Your Name. It is two boys in a gorgeous remote beachside location. And it being Francois' zone, considerably more sexual than I would assume Pixar will be. Sure. <laughs> yes. Sure. Um, but yeah, falling in love in the 80s, young love, but it is different. Um, I, I think it goes to stranger places. I think it goes to darker places. And I think it ultimately just is about something else, which is cool. I, I love Call Me By Your Name also. Um, but it's just like, it's beautiful and the music is amazing and the performances are great. And I was just like, wrap me in this movie and bury me in it. Like <laughs> I just, I, I like Francois Ozone. And I think if you like Call Me By Your Name, check it out. Or if you don't, it's just really good. Yeah, it's great. Um, so yeah, high, high, high recommendation from this household. Um, also on the 18th, you have, scroll up, what are you doing? Um, you have a movie called 12 Mighty Orphans, which sounds made up, but is not. It's a true story about, this is another orphanage. This time the kids at the orphanage are playing football during the Great Depression. Sure. Um, Gotta it do has something. Robert Duvall and Martin Sheen in it. And Wayne Knight. <laughs> and Wayne Knight. So who knows? Um, too random not to call out. Um, also on June 16th, Stack Day, June 16th, you have a documentary about the band Sparks, which is directed by Edgar Wright. Mm, it's got pretty good notices at Sundance. It did. Um, I think it's like, you, you have to figure... I think we talked about a few previews ago, we talked about how we're kind of tired of the documentary of just like, look at look right. how great this great thing or person is. Yeah. But the fact that Edgar Wright chose to make that like interests me more because it's like, okay, he here's someone who could make any kind of movie and this is the story he wanted to tell. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Has, uh, I, I heard kind of good beginnings of it where Edgar Wright was sitting around with some friend. And he was like, someone should make a Sparks Brothers documentary. And some the other guy was like, you should make it. And he was like, all right. <laughs> so many great things have happened that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, also on June 18th, you have a new um, Abel Ferrara movie. Yeah, this movie looks pretty tight. Um, has Willem Dafoe. Um, it is being released by Lionsgate's direct-to-video genre label, which is weird, um, but. So the other interesting thing about this movie is called Siberia, um, is that in Abel Ferrara's last movie, Tommaso, the sort of Abel Ferrara surrogate played by Willem Dafoe was in production on this movie. Oh, wow. I yeah. didn't know that. Oh boy. 
Well, I got it. Well, I, I'd been wanting to see Tommaso and I saw that it actually just, it, it's on canopy. So, oh, cool. uh, so I want to, I want to prioritize that. And then this will be a wonderful follow-up. Yeah. I mean, you'll never understand Siberia if you don't see Tommaso. Really oh yeah. It's, it's a cinematic universe. Of course. Is what it is. <laughs> um, also on the state in the category of movies about people we like, there's a documentary about Rita Moreno called mm -hmm. Rita Moreno, colon, just a girl who decided to go for it. Um, this is fortuitous timing because she is in the West Side Story remake. Um, yeah. She originated the role of Anita? I think that's right. I don't remember. It, she was in it. She won an Oscar. <laughs> that's the yeah. point. But she plays a new role in this. Um, also, so they just put up a bunch of episodes of The Muppet Show on Disney Plus, and she's in one of them. That's what she won her Emmy for. She is an EGOT. She won an Emmy for the, an Emmy for the Muppet Show. Her episode is very fun. I was going to say, completely Highly recommend. for that matter. Highly recommend. She does a tango with a giant Muppet that's like the craziest thing I've ever seen. So, yeah. That sounds fun. Know. can get behind that. Um, what else? What else? F9? Yeah, so June, moving on to June yeah. 25th. The, what does that key do on your laptop? What's the F9 key do? Let's press it and find out. Nothing happened. It just makes a sound. It Function doesn't F9. Nope, it doesn't explode any cars, if that's oh, yeah, what that's you were hoping. Um, but yeah, this is another one that they keep delaying because like these movies are how Universal turns a profit every year. They're like, well, there will be no streaming for yeah. this. We need this in a theater. This is where the money comes from. So this is, yes, a the ninth installment in the Fast and Furious franchise. I guess maybe more if you count spinoffs. Um, I think there's only been the one spinoff though. Yeah, okay. I think it was Hobbs just and Shaw. Okay, yeah. I, there's probably gonna be more if yeah. lost track. Um, but they keep making these and people seem to like them. Oh, this is the one where they go to space, I believe. I think they kind of tease that in the trailer. There's like a car rocketing into the sky. And so like, who knows how far they'll go. They might yeah. see actual space travel for F10. Okay. But we'll see. I don't want to get people's hopes up. Exactly. Um, I really should watch one of these. Uh, I haven't seen any of them. I have seen four of them. Okay. I liked one of them. I know that this one, okay, I've never seen any of them and I know very little about it. However, I do know there is a character called Han that people feel was done dirty in one of the ones a long time ago and he's back in this one. So people are excited about that. I think um, I think he's uh, a character from Better Luck Tomorrow yeah. uh, that shows up in in the, the Fast and Furious movies. Um, Basically just like ported him over. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so... Uh, yeah, and I don't know, and I know that it was a big deal that he showed because I saw the trailer for for this, and uh, and he shows up and clearly is like, oh, him being here seems to be a big deal. All right. Yeah. Noted. Yeah, I mean, I've said all the information I have on the subject, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, also on June twenty fifth, you have a movie called The Ice Road, which is the latest Liam Neeson action vehicle, but now he's an ice road trucker. Yeah. Um, I mentioned this because for as pulpy as it sounds, um, Netflix bought it for a lot of money, like a lot. It was well, at, sure. I think, the European film market earlier this year, and it was like just an eye-popping amount of money for what it is. So clearly they see something in it. Um, so Liam Neeson action movies do very well. They do. Oh, yeah. They do. Um, also as Lawrence Fishburne. Um, Ray McKinnon. Hell Yeah. And then also on June 25th, you have Blue Bayou, which is the latest from Justin Sean. He's done a few indie movies. Um, he's in the movie as well. He cast Alicia Vikander to play his wife. Well played. I see what you did there. Terrific move all around. Terrific move all around. Um, but it's uh, it's kind of, 
it kind of sounds like Minari, just like reading this um, synopsis over quickly. Um, I don't want to overgeneralize though, but it is kind of like an immigrant story and family relationships and yeah. Yeah, I, I did like um, the, I mean, I know that the movie, the movie is called Gook. Uh, I don't like saying the title, but that is the yeah. title. And I, and I really liked it. I responded very well to it. Um, and, uh, and I, th- yeah, I thought it was very well directed and I thought he was very good in it and I was excited to see what he would do next. And I have to assume, cause yeah, it's, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but it's like, okay, uh, a Korean in the South and someone's str- struggling uh, and that sort of thing. Like, I have to assume that when Minari came out, uh, Justin Chong's like, well, shit. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be accused of making my own version of Minari when, in fact, uh, it was just a separate thing. But uh, but I'm sure it'll be good. because I down in flames. He got to cast Alicia Vikander as his wife. There his you wife. go. There you go. Um, also on sick uh, on June 25th, very intriguing looking project I will not see because I am fragile, but may interest many of you. Um, it's called False Positive. It is stars and is written by Alana Glazer of Broad City fame. She co-stars with Justin Theroux. Theroux? Theroux? Theroux. Okay. Theroux. And Pierce Brosnan and is a modern day riff on Rosemary's Baby. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm uh, very intrigued by this. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of Rosemary's baby, but they're doing like IVF treatment. So it's about like modern day fertility treatments, but also has like a Rosemary's baby and women's bodily autonomy angle. Um, It's a horror movie, if that was unclear. Uh, But yeah, that's on Hulu. So that'll be right in your home. Um, I think the one kind of like question mark there is it seems to just be directed by some TV guy and like maybe he's got some chops, but we'll see. Um. Also on June 25th, so this is what happens in a pandemic year. The movie I Carry You With Me is finally coming out. This is the third preview episode where we have talked about this movie. (laughs) And I know that because we've seen it. So like I remember vividly because it was going to be like a winter release uh, or it was going to be like a December release and then it got bumped to like February and then it got bumped to June. So who knows at this point, but... um, I saw it. I liked it. Scott didn't like it. Not into it. Decide for yourself. If you want to hear more in-depth thoughts on it, you can check out the two prior episodes in which we discuss it. Um, Also on June 25th, you have a movie called Werewolves Within. Yeah. Um, It's an adaptation of a video game. So I'm just throwing that out there um, in case that video game needs something to you. Um, It has Sam Richardson, though. Love Sam Richardson. also on June 25th, you have a documentary called Against the Current, which is about somebody who goes on a very uh, dangerous solo kayak journey while in the midst of a gender transition. I thought that was rather interesting. I'm not going to pronounce their name because it is extremely, extremely Icelandic. And there's, there's just no point. There's a lot there's of letters and a lot of marks over those there's letters. A lot of, <laughs> and like, I I wish them all the best. I just, I'm yeah. just not going to go there. Um, What else? What else? I think that's... I want to cool. call out on that day. Um, and then on June 30th, you have America the Motion Picture, which I can best describe as drunk history meets Archer. <laughs> it's it's um, an animated movie. It's a lot of the same people who work on Archer. Um, okay. It's billed as a revisionist history of the founding of the United States. 
Um, the voice cast includes Channing Tatum, Simon Pegg, Judy Greer, and Bobby Moynihan. Um, and Phil Lord and Chris Miller are producing it. Um, again, a lot of people from Archer. So that's on Netflix. It could be really lame or it could be really fun. I have no yeah. idea. Um, could really go either way. Um, also on that date, something I'm very excited for, Zola. This premiered at Sundance, I believe, 2020. Yeah, it was yeah, last year. Um, so this is an emerging genre, which I call uh, movies based on Twitter threads, <laughs> if you can believe it. So this sure. was a viral Twitter story that this woman told the story in a, like 150 tweets about this crazy road trip she went on with a stripper. Um, that got turned into a Rolling Stone article, which got turned into a movie. Um, the It's directed by Janiska Bravo, um, who's done some kind of cool indie stuff. Um, and then it's written, the screenplay is by Jeremy O. Harris, who is probably most famous for doing slave play on Broadway. So it has bona fides, has good cast, Riley Keough, Taylor Page, Coleman Domingo. Um, and apparently it just, it does the story justice from what I've heard. I mean, again, it's screen at Sundance, people are really into it. Um, seems fun. Right on. Um, and then, so that's another weird midweek one, but then July 2nd, we have a new Purge movie, The Forever Purge, which sounds yeah. very final, but you know it's not. Yeah. It, it sounds like a, it should be at least a two-part movie really to me, you know? I mean, enough of these 90-minute thrillers. We're gonna have a forever purge, like, let's go. Yeah, does that mean that The Purge is now forever as opposed to just one day? I guess we'll have to see the movie to find out. All right, fair enough. I mean, it's got Will Patton in it, so I know for you it'll feel like an eternity, but... Uh, I I enjoyed him in Minari. I thought yeah. he was very good in that. I, I feel like it's more just a tradition to give you a hard time about disliking no, Will Patton no, than I it know. is for you to actually rag on Will Patton anymore. Yeah, it's... Uh, don't be wrong. I, I still don't... I still mostly don't really respond to him as an actor, but, uh, you know, stop sure. the clock and all that. Um, also on July 2nd, you have The Tomorrow War. Which sounds very like weirdly <laughs> futuristic to me. Um, this is a super high budget sci-fi bonanza um, with Chris Pratt, um, Yvonne Strahovski, Betty Gilpin, Sam Richardson again. It's weird how Chris Pratt's charisma is getting less yeah. over the years. Like usually you gotta wait till you're like 60 for that to set in, but like he just really jumped right on it. Somebody pointed out that like he and Chris Hemsworth have had like inverse careers. Yeah, for sure. Um, where like, you know, Chris Pratt was chubby, got fit, got less funny. Chris Hemsworth was fit and unfunny. And that, well, I think he wasn't that fat for the no. um, ending. But like- He has remained quite fit, don't true. worry. But he's gotten like kind of looser and funnier right. and taken on weirder roles. So who knows? I mean, you're not- you're not seeing this movie for Chris Pratt. You're seeing it for the spectacle. So on that front, it could be adequate. I'm seeing it for Betty Gilpin. That's all. Right. Theo Vaughn is, is in it as well. He's, he's a very funny comedian and uh, podcaster. Um, yeah, with Chris Pratt, it's interesting. I, I think it's not that he's become less charming. I think we have seen the, we've seen the limits of what he is able to do as, a, as an on-screen presence. And it's, it can be fun. But 
when you see it over and over, just like it's it's a diminishing return situation. Like he's doing what he always does, which is perfectly fine, but there was a novelty to it in like the first Guardians of the Galaxy or Jurassic World or whatever it is. But now that we've seen it a number of times, it's just like, oh yeah, okay, it's just Chris Pratt doing what he does. I think we all just got used to it. I um, think he's doing less. And also, I don't know how much the shine has worn off because of the weird church he's in. Is he part what? of a weird church? I, think, I don't yeah. think it's like a perception thing. I think I think it's an active thing where like he became like a serious religious guy and has become a less interesting actor because he takes himself so seriously. Yeah, it's a notoriously homophobic church. And oh, all right. Being like Chris Pratt, why are you in this homophobic church? And he just kind of skirts the issue. So not great. Yeah, I mean, I I think the biggest thing is just like there's less room in kind of these big budget movies for him to feel loose and riff like on Parks and yeah. or something. Yeah. I think like they found a decent balance in that with the Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy movies, probably because he had a good director who was supporting him in that. But I mean, you look at the Jurassic World movies and he's, he's giving nothing there. And then kind of yeah. later Avengers movies, he gets like one funny, half funny line. You know, I, I just, I think uh, he has actively become less interesting. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it, it might be a situation where he excels with the right director and with the right atmosphere. Sure. Um, and yeah, like the higher the budget, you're not gonna get someone being like, hey, let's just play it loose. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, we're spending so much money. We can't be loose at all. Um, but then how has Chris Hemsworth gotten funnier in the Avengers movies? <laughs> I think, I, I mean, I think that, uh, I don't remember who made uh, The Dark World, but I, I, I do think that he got, I think he, in the first Avengers, they saw, oh, when part of an ensemble, it would appear that he can, he has someone to bounce off of. Yeah. And then you get uh, Thor Ragnarok, which gave him more people to to bounce off of, as opposed to just kind of doing his very serious thing. Um, and so I do think that people saw what he was able to, what he probably was always able to do. Uh, and And gave him more opportunities to do that. Um, and for the record, I also think it's not necessarily a funny role, but he is so good in Bad Times at the El Royale. Like it yeah, is, totally. man, it is like, it's spooky how good he is as, as it should be. He's a cult leader, but, uh, yeah, anyway, we can move on. Um, also on July 2nd, um, is a documentary that was a huge hit at this, this year's Sundance. Um, it's called Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised. That is the full title. Um, this is of note because it is directed by Questlove, yeah. recently known for his stint DJing the Oscars. Um, but it is about um, uh, the Harlem Cultural Festival in 1969, which at the time was called Black Woodstock. Um, and it just is this incredible like coming together of so many Black artists, Black musical artists of the time. Um, and he just like got access to all this archival footage and it just like recreates this event that hasn't been super recognized by history. So it like sold for a ton of money. People were super into it. Um, so that is coming up then. Um, and then finally a Marvel movie. Oh man. Thank God. Thank God. The drought is over folks. So that is July 9th. And this is Black Widow. We're this talking is Black about. Widow will allegedly come out. I think it will because it's also going to be on Disney Plus and yeah. that's them hedging again. They're like, but it's coming out one way or another. That's like a premium tier Disney Plus. Like you got to pay the extra 30 yeah. or something. But it's still in an, it's still like planting a flag. It's saying, like, oh, for this sure. This is coming out this day no matter what. I'm just happens. letting, I'm letting the people know out there that they can't just log on to their Disney Plus and press play, you know. 
the, the mouse house is going to take a little bit more from them. Yeah. Uh, this is the only one I've looking for. I've looked forward to for a long time. It's large part. The only Marvel movie, not movie in general. Yeah. The only <laughs> motion picture I care about in years. Um, <laughs> Mainly because it's directed by Kate Shortland, whose uh, last film, Berlin Syndrome, was super awesome um, and a really cool, like, locked room thriller kidnapping story. And plus, this just has a stellar cast. I mean, besides yeah. Gardo in the lead, you got Florence Pugh, you got Ray Winstone. It's all of our crushes. You got Rachel Weiss. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. just, like, uh, a good horny energy for everybody. <laughs> yeah, all and the, it's... All the Ray and Winstone thirst fans out there. You better believe it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, well, it's just the voice that gets you going. Um Obviously, it's. I feel like you can't fully judge like how how it's going to do, because like if because the pandemic, it's hard to know if people are more or less excited. Sure. To to see it, but I, and that's unfortunate because I was really curious to see how the movie did because it is about a character that is in the Marvel universe is now dead, and there's no chance of these other these other characters that maybe ha- are, are more fun uh, as far as the Marvel universe goes. Uh, there's no chance of them showing up. You've got William Hurt. Uh, so it's like, oh, okay, well, there's part of the extended universe. But like, it could be seen. I think it'll be interesting and I like the character and I like Scarlett Johansson, um, but it could be seen by people as like, oh, well, this is going to be pretty humorless. And why would I invest in a character that I already know is going to be... It, is dead, you know? Um, So I'm really curious to see, like when it was first announced uh, before uh, the pandemic and lockdown and all that, I remember just thinking like, where, where will the limits start to assert themselves as far as like what Marvel fans will go to see how, you know, will, and I, I felt like this was the movie that was going to see like, okay, now that not just because the character is gone, but also now that, Endgame has happened and now that like the thing we were leading to for so long now that that's done how interested are people going to be in a character like Black Widow as opposed to a character like Spider-Man obviously right. Spider-Man always is always a draw but it's like okay this is a character that most people became familiar with solely as a function of these movies she'd never had a a, a film just on her own and so will people go to see it uh and I'm 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 intrigued to see and there and there's no way to know if the pandemic will get people more, will make people more or less inclined to go see it. Yeah, I would imagine more so. I think it would have been more interesting to see, like, because now there's like almost a nostalgia element. It's like, well, we used to sure. go see the two Marvel movies a year and we didn't get to this last year. Well, let's go see this one. I, I do wonder yeah. if like the burnout, if it had come out a year ago, would have been sure. more, like damning for it. But... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um... Oh yeah, got the actual new Hong Sang Soo movie coming out this year, The Woman Who Ran, which we we also saw at the New York Film Festival last year, uh, and which, like, uh, so Hong for me tends to be like sometimes I'm not into stuff, sometimes I'm really into stuff, and then sometimes every now and again there's these movies where like for the most of its running time I'm like, what are you doing here, Hong? And then like at the very end it's like, oh, I get it, um, and this was totally one of those. Um, but it's also only 70 minutes long and has a super funny scene involving a cat. Uh, so it comes highly recommended by yours truly. So that is also July 9th. Um, there is a movie called The Loneliest Whale, <laughs> which is a documentary, and I'm sure it's actually, uh, it's possibly sad. It's, it, I'm sure it's very visually beautiful, but just by calling it that, it just sounds like 
you know, I like we've been buying and stocking up on like these kids books and sure. they all have names like this. Yeah. And so uh, it's the first place my mind went. I don't know if your kids would want to read a story this devastating. Apparently this whale has been emitting a sonic message for years that no other whale can hear. Oh. That is the loneliest whale. Oh. I don't know if there's a happy ending. So but maybe like, keep the kiddos away yeah, from this. The, the kids book version, it'd be he like keeps it keeps being received by other creatures who aren't quite whales. And he's like, it's nice to meet you, turtle. They aren't quite yeah. whales. But you're not a whale. <laughs> They're then, almost there. They're almost whales. And then at the end of the book, he meets a whole colony of whales. There you yeah, go. Yeah, but I'm saying I don't think that means. Well, we should adapt into a children's book and make a ton of money. Well, yeah, I we can do it. How you're thinking. Because um, that format, Scott, you have nailed it. Yes. I know. <laughs> yes. Um, moving on to July 16th, we have Space Jam, A New Legacy, which is just wild. Because, like, I haven't seen Space Jam super recently, but I have seen it as an adult. It's even weirder than you remember. It's just the yeah. weirdest concept, like, conceived idea just for to come out of a mainstream studio trying to combine all these completely separate things, it's just wild. So they're doing it again with LeBron James um, and Don Cheadle and Zendaya. Um, and they're like bringing in, didn't they show the trailer and they're like bringing in all these other Warner Brothers properties? Yeah, I mean, they realized it's a good opportunity to do like a Lego movie kind of thing. Mm. Or what are the other movies like this where they have essentially like, taking the Roger Rabbit formula and just like blown it up. Yeah. Like but, Ready Player One kind of? Yes, totally the movie I was thinking of. Yeah. But then that's how you wind up with like Clockwork Orange droogs in Space Jam. Like those, there literally are droogs in it. But thank <laughs> God they got rid of Pepe Le Pew, you know, because yes. you can't have a bad example for the kids. Can't have bad <laughs> um, I didn't see the first one. I'm not interested in this one. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Um, and then also on that date, you have a new Cinderella movie because it's the free IP gift that keeps on giving. Um, yes, so. With um, pop star Camila Cabello as the titular role. But it also has Idina Menzel and Billy Porter as the fairy godmother. I'm into that. Um, and Pierce Brosnan and Minnie Driver. Yeah. And it's uh, written and directed by the woman who made Blockers, and Blockers is great. Yeah, so it was like, you know, it's the whole like modern reimagining, whatever. But yeah. like, apparently, like, Sony has enough faith in this that they did keep bumping it so it would be theatrical. Like, I think it tested well or something. So it could be fun. Um, also on July 16th, Escape Room 2. I liked the first one so much more than I thought I would. And so, you know what? I'm on board. Yeah, I meant to see it. It sounded great. Yeah, I think, again, like, not to get you industry on you, but this was going to be a released in January of next year, hmm. yeah, January, traditionally the, the dumping ground, and then yeah. they moved it to July, which is a big vote of confidence. So, But you talk about a premise you could just repeat endlessly. It's like, yeah. yeah. Just get a new theme for the room. Yeah. yeah. And if you do it, and if you do it right, I'm there every time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also on July 16th, you have a movie simple, simply called Dog. It's a buddy movie with Channing Tatum and a dog. Guys, what else do you need? Um, he's like on a road trip with this dog and they have, if you can believe it, mishaps. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, it's Channing Tatum's directorial debut. So that could go a number of ways. Oh. But I really need to underscore that this has a dog. So how bad can it be, right? Absolutely. Mm. 
Um, also on July 16th is The Night House, which is, I think, another um, Sundance movie. Oh, yeah. Um, this must be really good, I think. Yeah. Stars Rebecca Hall. Um, I think she's like, it's more of a character piece. So I think she's doing a lot of the heavy lifting there, um, but kind of a psychological horror type thing. Love a psychological horror type thing. I, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> Also in the state, you have two documentaries about cool people. Um, one of them is simply called Ailey. It's a documentary about Alvin Ailey. Um, the other is called Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain, which is about Anthony Bourdain. It's um, by Morgan Neville. Yeah. Who is like a consistent B to B minus director for me. Um, and like he makes interest, he makes movies about interesting subjects and doesn't do anything doesn't really do anything to undercut their interestingness so good for him but i feel like he doesn't bring much either so uh i imagine if you're a fan of anthony bourdain which it's not that i'm not i just don't have much exposure to him you'll probably like it um but it'll probably just be that like uh i imagine it won't be much more interesting than just finding a lot of youtube clips sure yeah 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 i mean i'm sure the hook will be like we got access to never before sure or sure for the fans. Um, Can we skip ahead to a movie I will never see, but which title I love, Hotel Transylvania, Transformania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. So that is uh, July 23rd. This franchise is still going strong. Um, not, not really much more to say about sure. that. New M. Night Shyamalan movie though. Yeah, and looking at the, it's based on it's based on something else. It's based on a novel, so it's like, all right, a French family graphic. on a tropical. What was that? A French graphic novel. French graphic novel th called Sandcastle, uh, which is a better uh, name. Uh, a family on a tropical holiday discover that the secluded beach where they are relaxing for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. Such a neat premise. Great I don't premise. trust him at all. <laughs> Great cast, though. Good cast, though. For now. Very good Picky, cast. Picking Creeps, Rufus Sewell, Ken Long. Uh, yeah. Eliza Scanlon. Eliza Scanlon. Alex Wolf, M. Betts Davids, yeah. Thomason McKenzie. I might go see this. Yeah. yeah. Great premise, great cast. What could go wrong? Everything. Yeah. Um, so we shall see. Um, also on this day, Snake Eyes, which is oh, a G.I. Right. Joe spinoff yeah. um, starring professional handsome person Henry Golding. Um, yeah, not, I, when they said the, the third film in the franchise, I was like, there were, uh, that's right. It was like seven or eight years ago that the last movie even came out. Yeah. yeah. They've um, been kicking around the IP for a while. I, but... uh, I stand by GI Joe retaliation for that matter. It's a very strange movie. Um, I doubt this will be similarly strange. Although I'm going to assume that this is something like a prequel perhaps, because if there's one thing that I remember about Snake Eyes from the toys and the cartoon, it's that he is always draped in head to toe in like black coverings. Oh, yeah. You never see him, you never see his face. And as you mentioned, Henry Golding, good looking guy, good body. Uh, and they probably won't want to uh, have him be completely expressionless and uh, and just covered in, in black cloth. They'll probably just have him look like the Hulk where he's always like sexily busting out of his little outfit. <laughs> sure. And then uh, hopping ahead to July 30th, you have Jungle Cruise, the latest in the Disney ride to film pipeline. I like this director. Yeah, I was going to say, like this Jungle cast. is there, I still like a draw. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt, Edgar Ramirez, Jesse Plemons, Paul Giamatti. Yeah. I mean. Intriguing enough, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I like the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> well, there you go, then. So. I mean, I guess in terms of, like, rides that could be movies, like, the setting seems has potential. Yes, yes. I mean, and, I mean, it, it also, on top of everything else, like, it's so Jumanji-esque. Sure. Uh, as a concept that it's, I'm sure, and the fact that The Rock is, is sorry, that uh, Dwayne Johnson is in it, um, I'm sure that uh, helped to uh, to sell it. I'm, But you know what? I'm intrigued and I do like that director. I mean, they better play the Weird Al song, though. That's all I know. I love that song. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, also on July 30th, we have a new Tom McCarthy joint. Yeah. Um, starring Matt Damon and Abigail Breslin. Um, this is kind of, I was kind of surprised they're releasing this in the summer because this was originally going to be like a last fall prestige affair. Um, but yeah, he's like trying to like, his daughter is like in jail for like a murder and he's trying to like French exonerate her in French She's jail. in the Bastille. <laughs> he's trying to exonerate her. So like kind of strange territory for like master of the low key, Tom McCarthy. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much on board with any Matt Damon movie. I'll at least give it a shot. Um, Tom McCarthy's kind of hit or miss for me, but uh, I like France. <laughs> All right, uh, next up, the one that I was ex- I had heard about a while ago, uh, and I don't remember if it was supposed to be a 2020 release and got pushed was, back, although yeah. I guess I kind of assume it for, for almost all of these, is David Lowry's The Green Knight, which is a story of Sir Gawain uh, and the Green Knight, which is a, a story that I'm sure we all read in uh, high school. And uh, I, I'm intrigued by it. I like the the casting of, of Dev Patel and Ash, uh, obviously uh, Alicia Vikander. So Twitter. <laughs> what was that? So does Thirst Twitter. People are losing their minds. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about all these different Twitters. What is, <laughs> what is Thirst Twitter? It's just people being horny for various actors and celebrities. Oh, okay. Yeah, people are very thirsty for Dev Patel right now. And it doesn't huh. have, of, like, male nudity. Well, it's rated R for graphic nudity, which mm. usually means there's a penis. So, uh, sure. you know. We can only hope. The Patel fans are very eager for we that. We can only hope. Yeah, I'm super looking forward to this movie, too. I, I really, yeah. I loved Ghost Story, of course. I dug uh, Old Man and the Gun quite a bit. Um, so I like the track, rec- the track that David Lowry's on these days. And, you know. This sounds really adventurous and looks gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's see. There's a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie coming up. Sure, apparently. why not? Sure is. Oh, boy. Um, this, okay. I'm sorry. I mean, obviously, at this point, if there's a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, it is being aimed at people my age, between my age and 10 years older than me. Yeah. Uh, like, People who are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe there's another Van Damme movie. I can't wait. Like, it's that nostalgia thing. And maybe it's great. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. But um, I, I haven't, I don't think I've told this story on the podcast. Um, I was uh, at the Walmart near my house uh, because I was taking my kids for a walk and it's connected to a mall. And so I was just walking around and I went up to the toy section of Walmart because I was curious and you never know when a Riddler's going to pop up. Sure. And, uh, Scott, you are recently 35, so I'm not sure if you and I have the same uh, action figure references. Julie, you can weigh in as well, though I don't remember how old you are. 
Um, Let's keep it that way. Exactly. I didn't want to be, you know, <laughs> I, I I play into that old timey, like never right. ask a woman her age and always tell your wife you're right, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> um, but uh, I saw uh, an action figure based on the the real Ghostbusters. That's the name of the cartoon show from the 80s. Yeah. And it led to a very uh, successful toy line. Literally, the action figure itself, the cardboard card, you look on the back, it, every single thing. This is not, it's not packaged from for nostalgia where it talks about like it's, oh, it's a throwback or a classic. Nothing. It's the exact thing from the yes. 80s. It's the exact toy they have made no they just had to like find the molds and find the the old uh, template for the the card and just printed it and that's it that's all they did and and just put it out there and of course and i don't know if they're selling well i didn't buy one but uh but i was just fascinated it's like they're not even trying to like try to put it they're not even trying to put a spin on it which is probably the best idea from a nostalgia standpoint because there will be some people like awesome i'm just going to buy this so that i can have the same the exact same thing that i had when i was a kid and it really it didn't necessarily make me angry it's more just like okay so i this is this is the next step in nostalgia just giving people the exact thing but you also wouldn't think there'd be enough of a market for that to like get it at Walmart. Like, right. Be like a specialty online store doing it or something. But like the fact yeah. that you're putting it out makes me think that you actually just step through a time portal. <laughs> it's yeah. Just in this one yeah. little section of the toy aisle. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. If there is going to be a, t- a time portal, it would be at the Walmart in Panorama City because yeah, you sure. step in there and you're just like, I certainly don't know what time it is uh, it, today, uh, <laughs> much less what year it is. So yeah. Uh, but it's it's where my mind went when I saw that, oh, there's a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Obviously, unlike, say, a, Lisa, a Liam Neeson movie, which is also like another older man engaging in action, uh, like the fact of Jean-Claude Van Damme being in it, there, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like they're just very clearly trying to latch on to the the nostalgia thing yeah i mean there's been a run of those over the past 10 years i think stallone really identified that market has been exploiting it fiercely and surely van damme looked at that and was like well i can do at least some version of that yeah van damme in some expendable or no oh he might have been in one of them yeah yeah seems like he would have been but uh yeah and then he was in he kind of like played a version of himself and so it's like all right so i guess he's a little bit self-aware and maybe he's Maybe he'll try to to spin that into uh, a, a successful revival of his of his action career, and I'm really excited sure, to see how that goes. I'm uh, vaguely excited to see the new Suicide Squad. So we're moving on to August sixth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Suicide Squad, not to be confused with Suicide Squad. Yeah. I am yeah. also excited to see it. I'll tell you. Uh, right. First off, it looks like a really fun cast, and just a willingness to to be what suicide squad was always meant to be uh just as people play have played up the the violence and gore of the new mortal Kombat, it's like suicide squad the whole point is that like you never know which of these guys is gonna go uh and you really get that sense with a cast this big and a roster this big it's like well they're certainly not all gonna make it and i'm i'm really kind of excited to see how it goes and it's a great cast really great of stallone he's in this yeah he is is king shark and yeah at least according to the trailer at some point they will fight starro surely the silliest of all dc comics villains but nevertheless one that has long been crying for cinematic exploitation 
I like that they are, to a certain extent, taking Polka Dot Man seriously. Sure. Uh, I mean, they're making him obviously kind of a, 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 a humorous figure. But this idea that, like, there's this moment where some, in the trailer where someone says, like, like we're going to die. And then he just goes, oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> and, it's, and it's David Desmalchian, who I, who I always like. Uh, and the idea of taking this character who was always seen as such a joke and actually making him... <laughs> maybe the only one of these that is actually suicidal. It's like, sure. Oh, all right. I'm, I mean, I, I like this. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for it. Yeah. I think it's just like the whole backstory of how they got James Gunn is so weird. Like yeah. basically people dug up old tweets. Disney decided he was too spicy and yeah. was just like, we'll take them. And just like that whole, that was a wild week. That was a wild week. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, I, I never really liked the Guardians movies as much as some people. I like the second one more than the first, actually, because it's a little, it's a lot weirder. I'm with you there. Um, but if you're a fan of James Gunn, which I have been for a long time, and then you see the first Guardians and people are like, oh, it's so weird. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I guess it's Marvel weird, but whatever. And then you you see something like this and the fact that it's, R-rated, and they clearly gave him a free hand. Like he obviously is eager to kind of go back to sort of the the strange, quirky, and violent James Gunn of Super and Slither and that sort of thing. So I'm yeah, excited. If there's one thing we can tell about Warner Brothers is that they really don't give a shit what anybody does after they've gotten the green light. Boy, that's so for sure. That could uh, that could be intriguing. Um. Also on August 6th, very different. There's a new Pablo Lorraine movie. Mm -hmm. um, it's about a tempestuous relationship between a dancer and her choreographer husband. Um, it looks super cool. A lot of cool dancing. Yeah, it's called EMA. I don't know if we said that. Um, okay. E-M-A, I think I'm pronouncing it right, just based on sure. Spanish. Um, but yeah, that's on that day as well. Um, don't think I have anything else I want to call out on that day. Yeah. Um, so moving on to another midweek one. Um, August 11th is The Kissing Booth 3. I had no idea they made a second one. Y'all, you, you guys I, are old. I don't know if there are two. I didn't know that there was a one. I knew yeah. about the one. So for the olds, um, this is a just strat like unbelievably popular franchise on Netflix. It was based on, I think, like, um, some like fan fiction or like Wattpad. Do you guys know about Wattpad? I do not. No. So that's basically a site where people like write fan fiction, but then like studios scour it and some of it gets turned into movies. So sure. that's how this started, I think. Don't quote me on that. Um, but yeah, it's just like a teen rom-com with Joey King and they're churning these out because they are super, super popular. Um, so you go. Hey, fair enough. It has Molly Ringwald in it. So there's that. Why not? Right. Um, so then moving on to August 13th, you have another much delayed movie, Free Guy. So this is like a premise that I always thought would be a cool movie. Not necessarily because yes. he's a, a background character in an open world video game. I always thought it'd be great to do a movie about somebody who lives in an action movie. Yes. Just like needs to get to work when the freeway shut down because it just blew up or whatever. Yeah. But unfortunately, it ends with, it looks like uh, Ryan Reynolds is also going to save the world. And like that defeats the whole point. Right. I want just a very standard yes. comedy or drama or romance in the midst of this. Um, and the, it, it does look 
a lot like a lot of fun but i'll be honest sean levy as a director is someone that is yeah. uh, uh, much more missed than hit for me um so i do feel like it's it's such a good premise that's going to be done in, in a really forgettable way I, I i hope i'm wrong uh but i don't think i'm going to be i mean we know the lesson's just going to be that no one's a background character and everyone sure. can change the world sure but like Ryan Reynolds is very funny. Ryan yes, Reynolds yes. is a long way. I, I do me. love Ryan Reynolds. I've not been burned out on him yet. So it also has Jodie Comer, Joe Keery, Lil Rel Howery, yeah. Watiti. Yeah, um, great cast. Yeah. So funny people. Yeah. Um, also on August 13th is Coda, which was like the big Sundance movie. It was the big Sundance movie of this year. Um, so it's about Coda stand is an acronym for child of deaf adults. <laughs> and it's about a girl who's the only, who's the, is a titular Coda. She's had a child, hearing child of deaf parents and just like feeling torn between her deaf family and like a, pursuing a career in music. So it was like a real charmer. Everybody at Sundance loved it, but it sold to Apple. And that's a bummer because it's like, everyone was chasing it. Everyone in town was chasing it. The director has done a couple movies before and I cannot even fathom the giant bags of money Apple dangled in front of her, but it means no one will see it. And that sucks. Yeah. yeah, I think they're open to doing like a theatrical model. I think that was the plan for like on the rocks before right. the pandemic. So like, hopefully that'll be the case, but I do kind of agree. I don't know that they have the moxie to really get this in front of an audience. I have a guy who on Twitter who was swearing to me that's gonna win the Oscar for best picture next year. And I'm like, I'll see you in a year, buddy. Yeah, I, I just, with, with the whole streaming thing, it's like, I think about um, Lulu Wang. She was being interviewed about The Farewell and she was said, cause that was another like Sundance breakout hit that eventually went to A24. And she's like, there was a streaming service that offered me double the money. Yeah. And I said, no, because yeah. I knew they wouldn't get it out there. A24 got it out there. It got Oscar nominated. It won a slew of award. It was out there. And it's like, there is that difference, but it, it also just depends what you want out of it. Like maybe this director, CN Header, um, maybe just wants a big pile of money. And sure, sure. If that's what she wants. Why else money. Why else would you make a movie like this? There's no <laughs> other reason. Um, but it has like um, a, a deaf cast. It has Marley Matlin in it. Um, also has Eugenio Derbez, who's not deaf, but. Um, and I think the the main girl is like kind of a, if this is her breakout role, but seems like a charmer. I'm excited to see it if it is somewhere out in the world that isn't Apple. That'll be nice. That would be nice. Um, Got an Aretha Franklin biopic on the- We do, yeah. um, which is weird because it's kind of an arms race between this. So this is the movie Respect starring Jennifer Hudson. It's in an arms race with National Geographic season of genius about Aretha Franklin right. that stars Cynthia Erivo. Yeah, so sure. I think they both like keep getting pushed. And at this point, it's just like, what's gonna land first? Um, yeah, Jennifer Hudson as Aretha Franklin sounds promising. I can see it. Um, I think Cynthia Erivo's a better actress. I, I was gonna say this is for me kind of one of those cases where uh, I'd rather watch the movie version because I'd rather watch the movie, but I like the cast of the other one better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but this also has Forrest Whitaker, Marlon Wayans, Marlon Wayans, Audra McDonald, Mark Marin, and Titus Burgess. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, this one got bumped over and over and over. But again, they're holding it for theatrical. They must see something in it. Um, 
Also on August 13th, another horror sequel, Don't Breathe 2. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they could have done more with that title. Yeah. It really, doesn't it? it some kind of punny bullshit. Yeah. Continue yeah. to not breathe. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say about that. I just know I think the first one was kind of a bit of a sleeper hit. Yeah, it's and it's really good. I I, okay. I like it, and I like how I like how they. I feel like it's one of those things where there's the premise, and you immediately feel like, okay, I know what they're going to do with the premise. They're just going to use that to make any uh, just a regular horror movie. Uh, but no, they really push it a lot further than anyone thought it would go. And uh, I believe it's the same director. So we'll see how, it, how this one goes. Stephen Lang as the blind man, great performance. So it could be really good, but as is often the case with, with uh, sequels of any kind, part of me is just like, yeah, but maybe by just, by just giving us more, you're going to just, you're just cheapening the first one and yeah. cheapening the character. Uh, which is, I think, a shame. Um, so then, if we're cool to move on to August 20th, there is a movie that has been created in a lab to destroy me. <laughs> it is called Bios. Here okay. is the premise, prep the Kleenex. It's like a post-apocalyptic thing, and it's Tom Hanks. I'm crying already. And he has a dog, and then he also has an AI robot. And then he learns he has a terminal illness. So he's training the robot to care for his dog when he dies. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> are, like, are you kidding? Like, I feel attacked. I feel extremely attacked by this movie and I'm going to see it and I'm not going to be okay for a week. Um, but yeah, it has um, Tom Hanks, Skeet Ulrich, yeah. Andrew Jones, Samira Wiley, um, and presumably a dog. And I just, don't know how much longer I can even talk about it before that's, getting very upset. It's going to be rough. <laughs> and I don't mean that as a pun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also on the 20th, you have Sweet Girl, which is a Jason Momoa revenge thriller on Netflix. Sure. Um, seems appropriately pulpy. Um, also on the date, you have Ma Belle, My Beauty, which is not me just saying the title in French and English. That is the full title. Um, it is about a couple who used to have a third in their relationship, and then the third left, but then mm. the third comes back, and there are tensions. You can't just come back. Yeah. This is what I'm always saying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it played festivals, and people really liked it. They said it was like a very interesting and nuanced depiction of polyamory. Um, so could be interesting. Um, you also have on the 20th, a new Martin Campbell joint called The Protégé with Maggie Q, Samuel L. Jackson and Michael Keaton. Pretty good. Yeah, not, I'm not, not into that. Yeah. I don't mind Martin Campbell as a director. I feel like he's very solid with, with action. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess like the big modern mark against him is that Green Lantern movie, but as long as he doesn't have too much CGI, he tends to sure. do one. Oh, I didn't know that Neil Blomkamp had a new movie going out. And neither did I. And it's not Chappie 2, if you're wondering. It's something called Demonic. Yeah, a supernatural movie. Very mm -hmm. strange. All right. Doing, like weird gear stuff. Weird gear stuff? Yeah, you know, like all yeah. those movies are like about like very intricate machines and like how people interact with them. Is Chappie intricate? Decently so. <laughs> it looked like he had more gears than strictly necessary. Okay. And there's yeah, and there's a an Ed two oh nine type robot uh, yeah. in in Chappie. Okay, 
I don't um, like Chappie and I don't like Elysium. I, and I, I dislike them so much that it makes me like District 9 less. I never saw Chappie except for one time when I went to go get my keys checked out because my like car clicker wasn't working. And while I was waiting, the guys working the shop were like, watch Chappie with us. And they just had Chappie <laughs> playing on the screen. So, so now we have that association <laughs> forever. That's a much like, that's an even stronger association than the, the that's Chappie meme. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're trying to remember the name of the place because we wanted to go back and we were just like, oh, we only remember they were playing Chappie, but we figured it out, don't worry. <laughs> okay. um, also on August 20th, Paw Patrol, the movie. If you have kids, that's probably inescapable, but it's sure. probably... It's a wild world out Together here. at last. Together at last. Um, so then we're in the home stretch. Uh, moving on to August 27th is the much, much, much delayed Candyman. Yeah. Um, I've heard uh, not great things by, by people that have uh, oh, yeah? already seen it. Yeah. So this is a sequel? Probably. I, it's, I imagine it's probably like a soft reboot. Because I think the original guy is in it. This premise oh, okay. builds it as a spiritual sequel. Mm. Got it. Okay. All these like junky movies have the most like tangled web to get to their premise. It's like a spiritual sequel to Candyman. Yeah. I, I love those euphemisms. My favorite is reimagining. Yeah. 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 Which I can only see as like that SpongeBob meme where he's making a rainbow. <laughs> like that's how I see that word. Um, but yeah, I know people were super excited for this. It has Yaya Abdul Mateen II, Tayona Paris, Coleman Domingo. Um, and it's directed by. Nia DaCosta, who I guess off of this got to direct the second Captain Marvel. So oh, right. into it um, or just saw a promise in it. Um, but yeah, people are seem excited for that. Um, also on August 27th, a gender swapped remake of She's All That appropriately yeah. titled He's All That. Uh. So this is on Netflix. Um, Rachel Lee Cook is in it playing a different character for some reason. Um, and we were talking about this the other day. We were like, does this premise make sense in the year of our Lord 2021? Like, I'm, I'm genuinely asking, like, do the youths need to be cool still? Or are there just so many niche subcultures that they can just be like the king of online gaming and they're fine with that? Or the the king of like theater? You, you know, I don't know. You tweet at me, explain it to me. I mean, frankly, even... <laughs> Even when I was in high school, which at this point is 20 plus years ago, <laughs> and I went to two high schools. I, I went to one in Colorado for my first two years and then one in Missouri for my second two years. And in uh, neither one of them did I find uh, a situation where there was like a popular guy or a popular girl. And I understand yeah. that like, you know, it's so you've got like prom king, prom queen. And that in both cases, it's like, yeah, it's somebody that everybody knew and knew of. And they were liked, but that's not necessarily the same as being popular. And yeah. it was, yeah, it's, I, I feel like it's one of the reasons that I love Superbad at this point is there doesn't seem to be like, there might be clicks, but there's not necessarily like these, these split up groups defined by one thing. Right. And any, and any high school movie made these days that says, well, you, you know, which someone is like pointing out people at the, at, in lunchroom. So I'm like, well, at that table, you got your jobs. At that table, you yeah. got this. And she's like, what? This wasn't true when I was in school. And yeah. that was a yeah. while ago. 
I yeah, mean, it's... if it makes a difference, so it's gender swapped, and then the the female character is a social media influencer. So oh. I can see how it's like she wants to make him an influencer, but then sure. she learns that that's shallow, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but um, kind of into this premise of Beckett here, although I was just looking it up and had a much better title before that called- It sure did. Born to be Murdered. Oh, that's so much better than Beckett, which has already been, oh, hang on. Hang on, sorry, you guys froze for a second there. Uh, let me, which means the whole thing might have froze. You're good, you're good now. Yeah. Um, okay. But uh, anyway, I mean, I, I love a vacation cap- couple falling into a violent conspiracy with tragic consequences. And Absolutely. Uh, John David Washington, Lisa Vikander, and Vicky Creeps. Sounds like a good time. So I'll, I'll overlook the title. Maybe just put a post-it note up that says, born to be murdered, um, and then move on from there. Um, yeah, Luca Guadagnino is producing it and he was originally mm. attached to direct. So that is kind of interesting as well. Um, that is also on Netflix. Um, and then finally on August 27th, there is a documentary about the Beatles called The Beatles, colon, Get Back, um, which is of note because it is directed by Peter Jackson. Yeah. Peter Jackson seems to be kind of doing the doc thing these days. Um, yeah, because didn't he do another Beatles one? Did he? Ron Howard did a Beatles one. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Peter Jackson did a World War II one. Are you confusing World War II and the I Beatles? I'm not confusing those, <laughs> although I think that was a World War One. It was oh, World oh, War right. One. It, yeah. it was. Thank you very much. Uh, the trenches will never forgive you. They are Ron very unforgiving. They are unforgiving. You. <laughs> he oh, is actually very forgiving. <laughs> um, so now there are, uh, I see a few a few movies listed here that yes. don't have dates. So these were kind of my insane notes that probably don't make sense to anybody, but I will elaborate. So there are some few more movies that are com- definitely coming out this summer, don't have a firm date yet. One of them is actually a trilogy. Um, so it is the Fear Street trilogy. Um, okay. This is based on books by R.L. Stein of Goosebumps hey. fame. Yeah. Yeah. So basically the original plan, this was originally set up at Fox and the plan was that they would film these three movies, which is about, it's three horror stories set in three different time periods. And I think, I don't know if it's like related characters, but I think they have some of the same cast and they were going to release it in three consecutive months theatrically. Okay. So then the world fell apart. They sold to Netflix and it's unclear what Netflix is gonna do. I think the idea is still to release them in relatively close proximity. I don't know if it'll be the same day, the same week, this, like, who knows? Um, but it's kind of an interesting gambit. Um, yeah. Hope it works out for them. Um, also on Netflix is Vivo. This is one that Sony sold to Netflix. This is an animated movie with music by Lynn manuel Miranda. Hmm. Um, it's like there's animals and they're going somewhere. You know, it's the usual <laughs> shtick, but <laughs> is that not every animated food? It's the totally. usual shtick, but it's like Lin-Manuel Miranda that is of some interest. Um, you also have a new romantic drama from Augustine Frizzell, who directed, oh my God, I can't remember the name of that movie. Never Going Back. Never Going Back, um, which is a fun, raunchy comedy, but this is bit different tonally but it has um shailene woodley felicity jones and it boy joe alwyn i will sure. never let that joke die no one knows what i'm talking about he's it's fine. finally back he's back he's been dating taylor swift he never left sure you don't I, get much more it just the that. fact that we made it through a whole preview without it boy joe alwyn that's true now. um but that is also coming to netflix and then finally here's a curio for you folks yeah i was looking this at that. summer we are getting a new film by george romero now you may be asking yourself, isn't he dead? Yes, they have unearthed 
Eight. I mean, those zombie movies were building to something. It That's was obviously yeah. coming back to life <laughs> to make a new movie. You raise a good point. Um, Just like I raised George Romero. Oh, it was, that was you? Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll talk about that later. I'm very concerned. Um, I was wondering about that cauldron in the other room. Yeah, it explains so much. But yeah, so this is a George Romero movie from 1973 called The Amusement Park that was considered lost until a couple years ago. Um, they found it and restored it and it's coming out. Um, I think it was commissioned by some kind of nonprofit. They wanted him to make a movie showing like the bad way that society treats the elderly. And I don't think they knew his deal because <laughs> he made like this, it's like this horrific psychological like torment of this man who's losing his mind at an amusement park. And then whoever commissioned it was like, oh, we've made a huge mistake, never got released, but it is coming out, so. Did these people see Night of the Living Dead and <laughs> thought the zombies were old people? I, listen, I I have questions as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're okay. getting to see it. So I guess it worked out. It's always um, it's always fun to see uh, a, an unearthed uh, sure. film. So yeah, that's that's exciting. Um, all right, well, it's going to be an interesting summer. There, there are a handful of like tentpole movies. Uh, I feel like maybe not as many as there normally are. Probably not, but which listen, is understandable. Yeah, some of these are on Netflix. You can definitely see them. They will, yeah. have, or Disney Plus or Hulu or whatever else. But I mean, things seem to be going okay in terms of opening the world back up. So yeah. I can't wait to get back to the movies. Yeah, yeah, same. I mean, I'll kind of be on edge for a while, but also it'll be fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I, like, I, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm always kind of on edge. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, uh, I I went a few weeks ago to see Godzilla versus Kong after I had been uh, vaccinated, and uh, it had been a, a little while after that. Um, and uh, it was pretty good, I gotta say. No, not the movie. Uh, the movie was was fine at best, but the experience was just like, oh yeah, I remember. It's it's so strange. I mean, literally, I'm I'm 39, and for 38 years of my life the theater was a big part of my life yeah, i went sure. very young and then suddenly it just wasn't and then to come back to it i came to realize something that which is true of most movie people i'm sure which is like i'm i'm rarely in a better mood than when i am in a movie theater and the lights and the lights are going down i hate to be poetic about it but like the lights are going down and the movie's about to start even if it's a movie i'm not that excited about it's just like there are a lot worse places to be than here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, sure. and I, and Looking so I'm excited to, to beat the heat uh, of the summer and go see some of these. They've movies. got air conditioning. Are you a time traveler from 1957? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's still an appeal for me. I don't know what to tell you. Um, well, except for that time portal, bought some Ghostbuster figures and exactly. <laughs> back to a time and most people don't have AC. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, Thank you guys so much for, for being here. And then we obviously, we wish David a speedy recovery. And then where can people find you and your work online? Uh, Twitter at Rail of Tomorrow, Letterboxd, Battleship Pretension. It's been a while since I've done any Criterion cast stuff, but uh, theoretically that could happen again. Sure. And I am on Twitter at Sesno Says, that is S-E-S-N-O underscore S-A-Y-S. Um, I'm also going to plug 
something that's a little off the beaten path, but I have gotten involved with an organization called Vaccine Fairy. Um, it is an organization that will book vaccine appointments for you. You hmm. send them your information. You say, I can only drive within 15 minutes of my house and it has to be on a Tuesday afternoon after 5 p.m. And we say, great, and we get you an appointment in all of the 50 states. Um, so we are trying to spread the word about it because requests have dipped. I think the idea is that a lot of people who really wanted a vaccine and was willing to go out of their way for it already have. So we're sure. trying to reach kind of more vulnerable populations now, people who might have technological barriers or language barriers. So if you need an appointment, check it out. If you have friends and family who need an appointment, if you work with more vulnerable populations who might need it, just get the word out. It is vaccinefairy.org. And you don't have to be like in need, like literally if you're like, I don't feel like refreshing the CVS website anymore, come on down. It's free, it's fast, do it. All right. That's very helpful. Vaccinefairy.org, not yes. .com. Right. Uh, and then I wanted to remind everybody about Battleship Pretension presents the 101 best movies of the 2010s, uh, featuring writings by me and David and Scott and edited by Julie. Um, and uh, at the moment, we're only shipping in the United States. I have been working very hard to uh, be able to get a print on demand situation going. And then I hit a snag yesterday that's infuriating ah, and uh, it's, it makes you wonder, look, I'm, I'm not good at most things, but it makes <laughs> you wonder how so many people are able to do this. Like, that's what I try to tell myself is like other people have been able to do this. What's my problem? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I will, we will certainly uh, let everyone know as soon as we get that uh, speed bump worked out. And uh, in the meantime, once again, thank you, Scott and Julie, for being here. Of course. Fun as always. Thank you guys uh, for listening, and we will get you next time. Bye.